Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and on today's episode, we are talking about moving from narcissism to New Year's resolutions. The nuance of narcissism may become a series on emotional badass because there is so much to unpack when you're coping with narcissistic dynamics in your relationships. And dealing with this dynamic is not just about figuring it out, but it's about learning how to stop dancing with it. It may not make sense till I get to the end about why this episode is about New Year's resolutions or New Year's intentions, but stay with me. It'll make sense when we get there. One of the surprising and promising things in my work is that in the last few years, as the conversation around narcissism has grown and as advocacy has expanded through the tool of the internet, So has our collective awareness and consciousness around what narcissism is. Now, that is both good and bad, right? That has pros and cons because it it waters down the information, but it also gets the information to more and more people. So functionally, what this means is that more and more people who show up to me in a very first session are showing up very differently than they did years ago. They're showing up saying, Nikki, I know I'm with a narcissist, or I know my mother is a narcissist, or I know my brother is a narcissist, or I know my boss is a narcissist, whoever it is, you know, and many of you listening know you've done the research, you've done the Googling, you've listened to my podcast, you've listened to many others. And knowing is a huge, huge breakthrough, being able to have that word to name, this is the thing that's going on is key. But you sweet seekers, you sweet, highly sensitive people, you survivors that are trying to figure out your own triggers and your own nervous system. Once you've figured out, okay, narcissism is the thing that's happening around me. Seeing is merely step one. 
Imagine if I served you an awesome, delicious smelling plate of food, but I just wanted you to see it. I think that's what a lot of highly sensitive people do because we freeze in the fear of the knowing that I'm surrounded by a narcissist or many narcissists. We have to help ourselves get past that freezing, past that fear, past that overwhelm and confusion that sets in. To be able to ingest this information, you need to be able to eat that plate of food, not just look at it. So we need to learn how to internalize this knowing. We need to be able to take this head knowledge into heart knowledge and motivate into change. So at this place where many people show up to work with me, having named the narcissism, what I also see is that as much as that's a relief, it doesn't offer the emotional freedom, the peace that my clients often expect it to or want it to. So, so I've made a list of the generalized things that I hear from clients who are recognizing the narcissism in their personal worlds. And these are in no particular order. I just don't know, Nikki. I don't trust myself. Maybe it's me. Maybe it really is me. I mean, I've said mean things. I've lashed out in this relationship. Uh, I don't feel like myself. I feel dark. I've done things I regret. I've acted out. Maybe it really is me. And what I want to say to that collective thought that I have heard from more people than I could count. And I've been there too, sorting out what this narcissism to HSP magnetism is. As as I've sorted it out, I've been in each of these statements I'm going to share with you as well. Because it isn't unique to the individual. It feels unique when we're going through it, particularly because we hold a lot of embarrassment, a lot of shame, and we have a lot of hiding behaviors around these dynamics. Because if we know and we're not changing, we hold an uncomfortable amount of discomfort about that. That's uncomfortable, but it's really, really healthy because that discomfort is there to help propel us into making changes. And as we make some changes, the weight of the knowing changes because we're being more actionable. So what I want to say in response to this collective statement that I'm naming, that I just don't trust myself, maybe it is me, is that it is and it isn't. And I'll say more about that as we go. I'm putting a pin in that. The second statement is I'm stuck in this back and forth, even though I hate him or her. And even though we are toxic to each other and I know that I go back. The next statement that I want to share that I hear from so many HSPs in this narcissism dynamic is I've never felt so loved when it's good. It's so good. And when it's bad, it's really, really bad. When I was 50 pounds overweight in my younger self, I would play this game with myself and it would sound something in my head like broccoli negates Popeyes. So I would eat a bunch of Popeyes, feel like holy hell, but then eat a whole lot of broccoli as if that would make the Popeyes disappear. This is a game 
that we play with ourselves when we're not facing what we need to face. At that time, because of where I was emotionally, I was using food. And the comfort that I got from that dysfunctional Popeye's in my belly that wasn't very good for my body or my well-being, I played that game with the broccoli so that I could continue the Popeye's. And we do this with narcissism in our lives. We allow the good, we allow the broccoli, we allow the charm to show up like the broccoli. And no amount of charm negates cruelty. Charm doesn't negate low empathy. Charm doesn't get to purchase future shittiness passes. This is what is meant by the phrase, if you want to be loved, you must first love yourself. So when people show up to me and they're saying, I've never felt so loved, it tells me that their definition of love is very skewed. You would never sit down with a friend and say, listen, man, you've got to just pretend like the mind fucking that's going on isn't a thing because she's nice other times. And she's really a lot of fun when we go to a concert. So that loving yourself part is about allowing yourself to give yourself the advice that you would so easily give away to another person and to accept it. That is the difference between the seeing the plate of food and eating the plate of food. And when we do this, we start to own our own role in the back and forth. We start to own our own role in the creation of the chaos. Another statement that I hear a lot is justifying because of a partner's bad childhood, knowing all of these red flags, seeing them, and then wiping it away like we might erase a whiteboard because that person had a a really tough childhood. Hi, everyone. It's Jean Chatsky, host of the Her Money podcast. For seven years, my show has been changing the relationships women have with money because make no mistake, when it comes to money, women are different. We face challenges that men don't. Longer lifespans, caregiving, a gender pay gap that just won't quit. Oh, and the fact that the financial industry was built by men for men. We need information specifically for us presented without jargon in a judgment-free zone. And that's what the Her Money podcast is all about. Every week, we talk about earning more, spending smart, investing to build the life you want, and protecting yourself from disaster. Subscribe to Her Money with Jean Chatsky wherever you get your podcasts. Because when you own your money... You own your life. Treating an adult like a child by not holding them accountable to adulting while the codependents in the world drown in work, drown in home and financial responsibilities is how we participate in allowing ourselves to go unacknowledged and how we participate in allowing people with these narcissistic traits to use us, to abuse us, to continue stories of us being unappreciated. And this is a strategy that is used by narcissists. As long as we are over-functioning to their under-functioning, we're too tired. We're too depleted to be able to do the work to get out. 
Another thing that I hear a lot is, but I have so much invested and no one in my world will really understand. They don't see it. And I believe this is one of the most dysfunctional statements we can make. Imagine a gambler sitting at the blackjack table. He's already lost this month's mortgage. And his logic is, so why get up from the table? Why stop now? Might as well bet next month, next month's mortgage too. What are we doing if we're applying that logic to our relationships? Just because we've sat down and invested. What logic are we using when we do this? What games do we play with ourselves when we try to bury our worth in this backwards logic? The only thing to do when realizing I've bet too much or I've invested too much and I don't want to give this anymore, I don't have any more to give. Or we realize this will be detrimental to my well-being if I continue to play. The only thing to do that makes sense is to stop and step back. We have to learn how to step back away from the table. We have to learn how to step away from the narcissist. We have to learn how to stop backpedaling on knowing these red flags, seeing them, and then going into confusion just because it's more comfortable to be confused than to enact change. Now, this is an important New Year's resolution or New Year's intention episode because what I know to be true is many of you out there are trying to live your lives without dealing with this narcissistic dynamic. So what happens to our dreams, our intentions, our goals, our desires, our betterment, our life force, the vision for our lives If we're not dealing with this elephant in the room, because narcissism is not just an elephant in the room, it's an elephant that stands on our neck. So why is this a New Year's resolution episode talking about narcissism? Because for us to be successful in our lives, day to day, month to month, year to year, goal to goal, dream to dream. We cannot achieve, we cannot work, we cannot invest in ourselves if an elephant is standing on our neck. And so many of you will create your intentions and resolutions this year without managing that elephant. And at the end of the year, you will wonder, why didn't I meet my goals? Why do I keep giving up on myself? Why can't I do this? What's wrong with me? And I am trying to head that off at the pass with this episode. You must be able to breathe to live life. Survivors of narcissism, they show up with PTSD symptoms because we can't breathe. We can't relax. This awakening invites us to show up for ourselves and to deal and to cope and to clear out and move forward. Often in dysfunctional marriages where the strife is just too high, couples therapists often recommend a separation. They don't first recommend a divorce, right? They recommend a separation. Why is that? To be able to separate. Think about the word. We have to separate from narcissists to be able to ground ourselves, to clear out the chaos, to separate charm from the meanness, to separate charm from the absence of showing up, from the absence of being able to see us, from the absence or the low empathy. 
We have to separate to be able to get clarity. And we must separate from what's wearing us out to be able to restore, rest, rejuvenate, to have the energy to do what needs doing. No doubt, if you have children with a narcissist, that is a very difficult dynamic. Because you cannot get that narcissist out of your life free and clear. You cannot just walk away. But take a deep breath here with me right now if that's your reality. Steady yourself. Because you can learn to give less and less of your energy to the narcs games. You can learn to minimize the drama vampire antics that suck you dry. And you can still learn to love your best life. It will take boundaries work and it will test you. It is doable. And I promise you the biggest benefit of doing this work if you feel like you're just glued to a narcissist is so that the children in your world get an example of someone wholly, fully, in a grounded, centered, mature, responsible way, modeling what it is to live life with more freedom and separation and peace and no game playing with that narcissist. The children of a narcissist need to see that. They benefit greatly from seeing that. It is a tragedy to only see people placate and allow the narcissist all the power in the room. These are muscles that many of you are trying to strengthen and develop and grow as adults you give your children an incredible advantage when they have witnessed you doing that work all of their lives so what do we do with this dynamic what do we do when we see these are my tips stop trying to squeeze juice from a rock This is why we go from knowing, from putting our foot down to lifting it back up to drawing the line in the sand and then realizing it's sandy and blows away in the wind. So I want to offer just a few quick tips. And if this episode is resonating with you in any way, I am accepting new clients mid to late January. You're welcome to have one or continued sessions with me for deeper work on these issues. So what do we do? First, acknowledge that there's just a rock in your life. And a rock doesn't have any empathy to give for you. A rock is not going to be shaped by you. A rock is a rock. So what I want to offer simply and firmly to reduce the chaos in your heads and in your bodies and in your hearts is to say, stop trying to mold a rock. Stop trying to squeeze juice from a rock. Many of us want to blame the narcissist for their bad, low empathy behavior. But it's just a rock sitting there being a rock. What's crazier, sitting there being a rock or sitting there trying to squeeze juice from a rock? We have to own the role that we play in the relationship that allows the dysfunction. Practice acting as if you trust Moving forward until you find a juicy fruit. Then you can wonder about juicing. Stop wasting your time trying to juice that rock. Own the self-delusion and chaos you create within yourself with self-doubt. Admit how crazy it is to know, to see red flags, and then to go back to not knowing. 
That is a crazy making dance that we dance with ourselves and it's unnecessary. We can let it go. Go back and listen to the episode, Get Comfortable Being Uncomfortable, if you need help grounding in this concept. Stop allowing charm to mask as love. Find the episode where we talk about redefining love that will help you pull the brakes on this back and forth process and manage the charming parts that suck you back in. Start self-investing. So many of you will tell me I give my money, my resources, my time, my energy to what's dysfunctional in my life. I know it sounds radical and overly simplified for me to say it this way, but consider stopping it. Stop it like we would walk over to a busted water pipe and turn off the water. You just stop it. Start investing in yourself. Separate, as I mentioned earlier, get the space and time that you need to ground, to center, to recharge, and to grow a support network that sees you, a support network that understands you, and a support network that will hold the space for you. That space will help you connect with your strength and recharge your strength to be able to do what needs doing. I hope there was something that you needed in this episode. This is a tricky dynamic, and I'm offering that you start trusting your gut and staying with it. Thank you so much. If you'd like to get exclusive episodes, come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. If you'd like to work with me, find me at NikkiEisenhower.com and book a session. I'm hoping 2019 is a beautiful year of soul carrying ourselves into a grounded, successful, wise 2019. Thank you guys so much for those five-star reviews that really, really helped the show. Please, please get on and give the show a five-star review if you haven't already. Uh, We appreciate that, and that's gold in podcasting. So thank you for helping us with that business end of the podcasting. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves. Honor your intentions. And I will see you next time on Emotional Badass. Bye-bye. Find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations, and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.